Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. I'm particularly pleased to release this episode uh, with special guest, Therese. Uh, Therese is a woman who is... It's almost hard to explain how sweet and incredibly nice she is. You'll hear it throughout the episode. Um, Her son bought her all of the Souls games, basically, and she plays them with her husband. And she's just the nicest lady who makes very, very nice comics. Check out the show notes for links to her comics page and Twitter and get a follower and talk to her on the internet because she's a super nice person. Thank you and enjoy the episode. My first game was going to be Demon Souls actually because um in 2009, our son gave us an Xbox 360. It was my husband's birthday, and he arrived here and um, with his enormous suitcase and proceeded to un- unpack an Xbox 360 with Rock Band. And um, we were not console people at all. I'd sort of dabbled in The Sims online a little bit, and I hadn't really done much PC gaming. So sometime after that, um, <clears throat> I happened to be reading the Game Informer, and... Um, I saw this game called Demon Souls, and it was just the whole fantasy world and everything about it just totally appealed to me. And I thought, oh my gosh, that looks so cool. I've got to get that. So I went to, in those days, I used to get my games from GameStop still and bought Demon Souls, got it home, and I read a little bit about it on the internet and did some research. And I was so intimidated. I didn't. I was one of those people who gave up way before even starting the game I looked at it and I thought I'm not ready for this game because I was I was straight off of my very first game which was Fable 2 okay. and I thought well I'd start a game with training wheels which I think is a very good place to start <laughs> um, and yeah it was just I looked at it and I put it reverently on the shelf and I thought that's Demon Souls and I'm not worthy <laughs> so <laughs> I'm never going to be good enough but it would be lovely to look so it's on the shelf for quite a while and then um, and then sometime later it was probably in around 2010 or 2011 I'm not too sure when Dragon Age Origins came out but a friend of mine at work um, his name was Sean and he said to me Terry there's this game I just started it's Dark Souls and it's amazing and it's awesome and you will love it and I was straight out of Dragon Age Origins and I was thought I was terribly smart. And I said, absolutely, I'm all over it. So I went and bought it and got it home and fired it up and did the same thing as most everybody else does was I just bounced straight off because, <laughs> first of all, I had spent probably about, I want to say, over an hour creating my character. And I was so happy with her. And, um, you know, there's the lovely cut scene and then there's the scene of the cell and everything in it. I looked at this person, I thought, oh, this is the first person I've got to fight, you know, and then it was me, and I'm like, who is this person? This is terrible. <laughs> I spent so much time creating my character. I hate this game. How can they do it? It's devastating. <laughs> anyway, and I, I, I remember um, my first character, I think, was a pyromancer because I thought, well, you just can't go wrong with fire. And um, I failed miserably at trying to beat the, um, the asylum demon and got back to work, you know, a couple of days later and I said to my friend Sean, I said, nope, I'm never going to be good enough. I'm going back to Safer Games. So that was my start. 
did yeah. uh were, did, had you put together the connection between demon souls and dark souls or did you not pick on that pick up on that until later no i didn't actually pick it up until later because um then he asked me some time after after i beat the game because eventually he just said to me you just got to go back um and then i eventually thought wait a moment there's a game sitting on my shelf that's been there for probably about two days uh, two years, I mean, excuse me. And um, I really didn't get to play it until just before Dark Souls 3 came out. So I went back to Demon's Souls and I thought, well, this will be going. And I just loved it. I thought it was brilliant. It was just genius. So, well, what, uh, yeah. what, what convinced you to go back and give Dark Souls 1 another try? Was it your friend from work when you went back and told him? <laughs> yes, yes, it was. He said to me, you know, you just have to go back. I said, don't do pyromancer, do sword and reward. That'll probably be the best, you know, way to way to start out. Um, and so I did. I, I started as a knight and um, managed to figure out the drop attack, which was like half the health down. I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's how this works. <laughs> That's how this actually happens. And, um, you know, just, I think it took about two or three tries and I just, and then I was just, you know, when you get ferried over to Firelink and you land there and I was just entranced and I just thought this is this is like entering like this magical old oil painting from mid-century and always wondering what that world was like and here I am in it and it's just amazing. But I was completely clueless as to how to play the game. I was just a real beginner. So, Yeah. <laughs> So did you, like, are you the type of gamer that seeks out kind of on the internet, like, okay, tell me how to play this game, or were you determined to go in completely blind and learn everything yourself? Well, at first I thought what I'd do is um, I would just figure it out for myself. That was a very bad mistake because I didn't know what the soft humanity was at that stage. And I'd like, what does this do? Oh, I can do something with this. So <laughs> I didn't know that when I was human, I mean, I saw some in science, I didn't understand them at all. Um, I didn't know how to lock on. I was struggling. I, I'm obviously a terrible person in a tutorial because I must just rush, rush past all of that or never really um, well, concentrated. Well, to be fair, like, the, the tutorial in Dark Souls is basically like signs on the ground. Like it's not, it's not really, it's not real great. So. That's true. It's amazing how you learn. So the, yeah, my first my first playthrough was, it was really rough and really hard. But I think I got into it about um, as far as Anor Londo, and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to try and get some type of guide for this because I really want to enjoy and explore this game as much as I can. So I did. I actually got a guide, and I found it the other day, and I had read it through so thoroughly, and I'd. I've got little post-it stickers inside <laughs> all the different areas. And, and I remember, I think we flew somewhere and I took it with me and I was studying it. And it was just like this, just as, you know, amazing, amazing information that I had, you know, before that not known about. So it really gave a different depth and helped me enjoy the game. I, I just feel for some people, it's kind of the way to go if you really want to get the most out of a game. And for me, I just wanted to experience everything. So, yeah. So, I, just, I guess I didn't, hadn't realized that there was a strategy guide for Dark Souls. I, um, I, I, I didn't get into Dark Souls immediately when it came out, so I didn't, I didn't even think about it. But uh, yeah, I, I need to seek this thing out. It looks really like—is it the hardback version that Future Press did, or was there a different version? It is. Yeah, I know. It's actually. Um, 
it's a hardback version. I'm looking at it, I think, right now. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, there's a there's new copies on Amazon. I was I was searching it out because I hadn't I hadn't really thought about it before. Going for like 120 and 150 dollars for new copies. <laughs> Easy. Well, the artwork is really fabulous in there as well. So yeah, I highly recommend it. But um, mine is all all tattered with um, many many post-its and notes. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. That's how you. That's a good book, though, right? Like that's a book that you obviously has been used and read and loved. Like that's that's how you know someone has really been cherishing a book. That's what. At least that's oh, what right. I think. So. Yeah. No. Totally. I totally agree with you. So. So yeah. So um, I I'd say though, Dark Souls. The first Dark Souls is definitely my favorite. It's my go-to game. It's it's a game that I've played. I think I'm on my not my. I haven't done all playthroughs and and beat each time but I think on my seventh character right now and this is the game that I'm co-oping with my husband and um we're having a blast it's just such such fun he was never a Dark Souls player but now he's he's joined me and he just um he sits downstairs on his tv and I'm upstairs and we we co-op <laughs> it's just the best time and he's hilarious um actually very funny that's so. really great. That sounds like such a fun experience too. Like co-oping through the games are is fun enough just with strangers. So doing it with somebody that you obviously know and love, and you know, making jokes back and forth. Like that sounds like a great way to experience that game for the first time. It really is, and I, one of my best stories about the first time that um, he had just arrived in Anolondo, and I said to him, "Okay, you got to get to the bonfire. You'll see some stairs going down into like a little room. There's cool ladies standing there, and and I." I just, you know, logged out quickly and I dashed downstairs and um, so he found the bonfire and he said to me, okay, where do I go? So I said, okay, uh, so there's these two places on either side, choose either one, but I was really hoping he was going to choose the one on the left, mm-hmm. which he did. And um, so he got through the giants and everything and then he went up and by the, and he hadn't seen a mimic yet. <laughs> <laughs> and I was sitting on the sofa behind him and he went up to this to this chest, you know, and next thing he was like, oh my God, what is this? And, <laughs> and I still have this vision of him running away with this mimic behind him with this sort of phallic tongue out, you know, running after him. And I was laughing and he said, what must I do? And I said, kill it, kill it. And it was hilarious. And he was just like, oh my God, that was so funny. It was, it was one of those memories that will always stick, you know, just seeing him running away from this mimic and it was just awesome. So yeah, we've had a lot of, a lot of fun and a lot of good times. That is, I love that you led your husband directly into a mimic. That is some of the best, like that's, that's relationship goals.txt right there. That is so great. <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> well, how long, yeah. um, like what you mentioned being kind of entranced by the world of dark souls and getting into it for the first time. Um, like, did you pick up on the story beats of the game? Did you, were you, did you kind of figure out like the item descriptions and how the game tells a story or did the, did the, did the guide kind of point you in the right way for that stuff or kind of what, how did you experience the story of dark souls? I guess is the question that I'm asking. Yeah, that's a good question. So at first what I did was I would actually clear out a whole area and get to a bus um, and not, but not actually do a bus first because I just wanted to discover before using the guide and I was, I had a great sense of, I think they do a very good job of sending a message to the item descriptions of the um, the story, but it's almost like these little, it's like a crumb trail. And it becomes your story be- as well, because it's how you find out, um, almost gives you these little clues that also is not only their story, but it's, it's sort of 
brings you in and, and becomes your story as well. And I just love that they do it and that they don't throw this right at your feet and say, here you are, here it all is. Um, so then afterwards, I would go back and check the guide and just make sure that I didn't miss out anything on Solaire or, you know, um, all the NPCs on Onion Bro and stuff. Um, and that was really the way I did it because I just wanted to have that sense of discovery without really knowing from the guide exactly what I could um, I could expect to see. Because, I mean, I looked through it in the beginning, but you cannot possibly take it all in because there's just so much in the game. So I loved, I loved going back and, and following all those, you know, the little crumb trail and, and discovering the stories afterwards. And they're so sad. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no happy endings in Dark Souls, unfortunately. This, no, no, that's for sure. No, there's, there's none of those. But um, Did you have a particular yeah, so favorite NPC or anything that you kind of bonded with the most throughout your first playthrough? Well, I think the the one that I bonded the most with, which, which was really more implied than anything, was I just needed, when I met in Sif, when you fight Sif and um, his story, and I hadn't done the DLC yet, um, but just the whole story of Sif and the implied story of him and Artorias and the sadness and the loyalty and the friendship and... Um, just everything about that just rang so true for me. But I did love Onion Bros' story. I thought that was a lovely story of how, as a player, you're drawn into doing your best to help this person who just is both funny and endearing and sweet. <laughs> and you think you're helping him and the devastation at the end. I will never forget getting to the bottom of Ash Lake and seeing his daughter there and just being... I did that. <laughs> no, oh, no. <laughs> no. I know. <laughs> and it's one of my favorite places, Ashlake. Oh, I thought that was so beautifully done as well. It's yeah. um, it's so remarkable, like the, what they did with Ashlake, because you, you it exposes you to the root of the entire world. No pun intended, of course, but it, it exposes you to kind of the <laughs> roots of the entire world, and then also the, with that chanting that happens, which doesn't happen in really anywhere else in the game, almost outside of the Duke's archives. Uh, just having that 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 choral like emphasis on the whole thing going like where the hell am i feels it almost feels like you transported to a different world completely like it feels like you're so alien which is a weird thing to, th to think about in a video game where you are kind of exploring new worlds the entire time so yes it was almost like they gave you this place of meditation and reprieve i know often it would be the place i would end it was either there or filing when i logged out of a game because i thought where can i go when i can just feel happy and it's so beautiful and you know, you just think of the people behind the game who had the the thought and the perception to make this place of of peace and calm and um, and beauty. Although it was hell of a hard to get down there, yeah. <laughs> <It was laughs> traversal down those those tree boughs. Oh my goodness! But um, it was well worth it. It's almost like you know, it's kind of like in life, you have to travail to get to the good place sometimes. And I feel that's what Dark Souls showed me in so many ways it feels like a very <clears throat> i want to say it feels like a very spiritual game in some ways it's almost very buddhist in its way of saying first of all you have to become humble you have to learn humility because i remember when i first started my whole thing was about accruing souls i've got to level up I've, you know that's like that's the only way i'm going to get anywhere it's the only way i'm going to get good or 
It's the only way I'm going to advance in this game. And then once you learn that it's not about that, and once you become detached, and detachment I think is really a good thing if you just don't become too attached to things. It felt like it was saying to me, once you let go, this game will take you where you need to go, you know, and I just, I think that's a beautiful thing when a game can give you, it's almost like a gift. It's like saying, this is what you'll learn about yourself. And I learned a lot about myself with Dark Souls and what was important to me in games and how I could really step back and let the game teach me and take me where I needed to be within that game. I think that's just a stroke of genius, really. It, it feels like magic because it's something that you don't really understand until you're most of the way through the game and then something happens and like let's say you die and you're going back to collect your souls and then you die on the way to get your souls because you were trying to rush because you think that you're better than all of these hollows between you and your bloodstain and then you, you die and then you've lost that you know hundred thousand or one million souls and then you realize like it doesn't even matter to me like I don't don't even need those souls. Why was I trying to rush them to get them to, to get them in the first place? And it's it kind of changes your perspective on the whole game once you finally realizing finally realize that hey, I, I don't care about dying in this game. Everybody says it's hard and that you're going to die a lot, but that's actually not important to me anymore. Like I, I know I'm going to die, but I just, it, the more important thing is to learn from that experience over and over again to try to get to get better out of it almost. Well, I think that that's just why I go back to it so much because it's a place of. Um, it's almost like a place of safety. And it sounds so strange because that's such a contradiction, but it's a place I feel comfortable in. It's a place that I can go and just know every nook and cranny now. Um, it's a fun place I like to share with my friends. I actually also co-opted with another friend at work. We got to a certain point and then something came up and we never finished. But it's just a, it's just this world that you can go into that almost is, it sort of transposes how you feel as well and it's just magical and it's it's just so beautiful that I yeah I just can't say enough about it I just I'm crazy about docs the first dark souls um and it was interesting because dark souls 2 when I think about playing that game it almost feels like well, the game is all about memory, right, and losing your memory. And it's almost like I have to really struggle and I have to think really hard to remember the story of that game. It's sort of, it felt like a dream, that mm -hmm. game. And it feels like they, they made that game feel like a dream. But when I think back on Dark Souls 2, it almost, you know, it sort of feels dreamlike in its context of my experience of the game. Um, yeah, so I, I just, yeah. So Dark Souls good. <laughs> Two doesn't give does, Dark Souls Two doesn't give enough credit get enough credit I think for specifically that purpose. Um, I think I think the core issue is that most people, even though it works, the game tells you up front like you're not going to remember what you're doing. You're just going to be doing this because you, you just have to. Like some, there's going to be some unknowable urge in you to go out and do these things, and the game supports that by you know the NPCs slowly losing their memory over the course of the games. And even at about the halfway point of Dark Souls Two, I remember thinking as I was playing it like, what am I? like what am I even doing I don't understand like why yes. why am I doing this like and it, it was it, even though the theme really translates to the mechanics extremely well like I think that doesn't just I don't I just don't think that works for a lot of people I think that's why people are upset about it but for the people that it does work for and for the ways that it comes through really clearly like with Lucatil's quest with her and her brother for example it's oh, it's something yeah. really powerful like I think when it works it works extremely well 
Absolutely. Um, I just, yeah, and Luca Teal was one of my favorite NPC um, quests that I followed too. And um, I sort of felt like that was the essence of that game was, was what happened to them and, you know, her and her brother. So, yes, I, I completely agree. And it, it's, I also found that, you know, I, I think I need to check again on, on the weekend to see what am I doing and where am I going again? And <laughs> there, were some, there were some really beautiful places in there. I remember the Dragon Eyrie was, or Eyrie, was that the area where mm -hmm. all the dragons are flying? It was yes. so, so amazing. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, there was so much hate on, on Dark Souls 2. And I think that it was very much misplaced and it was just sort of in the heat of the moment because... I enjoyed it for what it was, and you know, there's always there's always good in some game, and um, I had a great time. I thought it was I thought it was a good game. Um, the mechanics were took some getting used to, and I remember learning very quickly. I couldn't drop down just quite as far as I thought I could drop down in that game. <laughs> but um, yeah, and I love the cats. I was actually listening to one of your other podcasts, your guest Nikki that you had on sometime and she's like, I would visit the cat every time. And I was like, I did that in things betwixt as well. <laughs> just going <laughs> to chat to the cat. It didn't matter what you said. I just was like, you're so cute. <laughs> uh, yeah. How, um, you mentioned that Dark Souls 2 kind of got a bad rap. Um, how plugged are you, how plugged in are you to like the, the community, the online community of Dark Souls? Because, but after Dark Souls One was released, there was this, it became this kind of internet phenomenon almost, where people were, you know, streaming it all the time, and people were making dumb PvP videos and making in-depth lore videos that I had never really seen people do about video games before. Like I feel like I feel like that's what kind of kicked off Dark Souls the most was the online community. Are you are you reading game facts? Are you on forums? Are you are you doing any of that stuff? Are you participating with that at all? I. Yeah, I did participate a little bit on um, on Reddit, but only very recently. Um, I sort of signed up about a year or two ago. I did look at videos online because, um, I mean, one of the ones I absolutely love is Vati Vidya. I think he's just wonderful. He's almost, when you watch his videos, it's like going into meditation because the guy is so, his voice is so calming and I think my brain waves just completely slow down when I'm listening <laughs> and I have to concentrate and think, yeah, wait, I'm watching this because I'm learning something. I mustn't just go into this like completely calm and relaxed. Like he takes you such a good place. It's so amazing. Um, so yes, I did look up some law videos, um, but I'm not terribly good. I need to go back and revisit them all the time because it's so cryptic and so convoluted. You know, some of the, some of the law is just, you have to almost revisit it all the time to remind yourself, yeah, this is actually what's, this is what they were doing with this. So, but um, I love, I mean, I was just watching some of your videos a little earlier about Tarkas. I had no idea that you did some Tarkas in Anor Londo. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> if you had have been, if that Tarkas had have stopped me after getting past that bow guy when you just, when you drop down in that little balcony, you know, when mm -hmm. you go up the rafters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> If it's it's almost there. the most evil thing you can do in Dark Souls. <laughs> I think I would have wept. <laughs> I was laughing so hard at this poor person, but somehow, I don't know, they didn't seem to make it or even get to you, but I was laughing so much. That was absolutely brilliant. Um, I have a funny story about that too, because um, 
I just recently replayed the whole game through and I dropped down. I made it past, um, roll past that guy. What do you call the bow guys up there? The archers, it, yeah. The archers, thank you. And I just dropped down in that balcony and I was so stoked and so relieved. But there was a fog gate. And I'm just like, oh my God, you can't be, you've got to be kidding me. I've been invaded. <laughs> just like I've been invaded. I completely had forgotten that you just traversed that fog gate. And I stood there for about 10 minutes. <laughs> That's really up. funny. I know. And when I eventually went up to him, I thought, well, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do here. And I just sort of, and then it said traverse the fog. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I just, so yeah, you know, I have some very silly moments and I, I do some really goofy daft things but um there it is you know it's you just gonna love it so yeah so how often I, do, you, do you go back to dark souls like to play it after, now that we've had all of these games come out but do, do you still go back to dark souls even today and, and pick it up every once in a while oh i play it continuously dark souls i'm always in dark souls um i just i have a character right now in new game plus and i did the the quest where you um where you let Lautrec kill the firekeeper, which broke my heart, but I just had to see what happened. And um, so I got to fight him and, you know, that, that was really cool to have to have that. But I'm kind of stuck on Ornstein and Smo now because I don't think I'm – somehow my weapons just don't seem strong enough in New Game <laughs> Plus and I'm really struggling. Um, so – I want to I want to use some bossles and upgrade my weapons, but um, it's it's really you know this whole and this the interesting thing about this whole gaming thing is that I was 49 when my son gave um, the Xbox One to my husband and had not done no gaming, so I'm now you know and I I don't mind you can your listeners they'll probably laugh but that's great <laughs> I'm 55 now and here I am. Loving this game and having the best time, and all my friends at work are like young people who are into gaming, and it's it's just been the most wonderful way of building friendships. And I'm a super shy and like introverted person, and to have this this game make these connections in my life to people that I really like, and um, I'm co-oping right now with two friends in Dark Souls Three. Um, one guy in particular, we're trying to see the whole game through and he's just done the DLC because I haven't played the DLC yet. He's like, Terry, Terry, you've got to get to the DLC because it's going to be so much fun. And (laughs) so, you know, it's just, it's an absolute joy. And if there's any parents that are listening to this and your kids play video games, pick up a controller and learn about it because you will actually be exposed to a world of not only your child, but this amazing place that it'll take you and it's just it's just been a revelation in my life and I'm so grateful you know to my son for for bringing this to both our lives you know it's just it's just so much fun <laughs> to come home and fire up a console and go to Dark Souls and have a great time and have great invasions I don't invade by the way that's one thing I don't do <laughs> it's just too scary but <laughs> But you get invaded you know, a lot, is what I'm hearing. I do. <laughs> I get invaded a lot. And my immediate reaction, Jeremy, is to I immediately start to shake and my knees start bouncing. I sit in my beanbag and I'm playing this game and I'm just like, oh, my God, this person is terrifying. <laughs> then I think, oh, 
will just be buds, you know? And then I wave and I bow and I'm in the middle of that and I get completely warmed and annihilated and I'm tired. <laughs> I don't like fighting very much. So especially if, I mean, especially if it's like people invading my game, I just want to be best friends. <laughs> so <it's really laughs> Why can't we just be buds? <laughs> oh, and these people always go like, what's wrong with you? And they do the what the heck thing, you know, and they open their arms and afterwards and I'm just like, yeah, I just want to bow and be nice and give you presents. So actually I've had some wonderful, wonderful invasions too. Where people have been so fun because I usually point, you know, I use this point gesture and I sort of gesture that, okay, come with me, come and hang out with me while I fight all these skellies, you know. So that's what I like to do. If people invade me, you're welcome to hang out with me. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to fight. We can just be friends. <laughs> yeah, we can just be friends. Not so much. I've recently been with a, with a friend of the show and a friend of mine, Patty Stardust, who's on the Twin Humanities podcast. He's been doing some uh, YouTube videos on his for a Soul Level 1 run. And we got together over the last week or so and recorded a bunch of stuff for uh, PvP. He wanted to have like a PvP week. And um, so I, I got like a soul level one build and kind of, you know, met him up in the Berg and we've just been doing like the goofiest stuff imaginable. And it's, it's just been a reminder about how much fun I used to have in Dark Souls 1 PvP that I've never quite recreated in any of the other games. Uh, there's just something, even when you're doing it on purpose, but there's something really special about like the first time you summon somebody communicating with each other via like gestures and you know raising your shield a bunch and trying to get somebody to go the right way or them trying to like tell, tell you to go to where, where they and then as you talked about like the fear and like oh my god you've been invaded by you know 420 sephiroth killer 420 or whatever like it's just you're like oh my god who is that why are they doing this what what am i gonna do like ah, i'm not in a safe place i have somebody so like you start freaking out a little bit and it's it's just something really special that Dark Souls 1 does that I, I don't quite get there with the other games for some reason. I don't. It may just be because Dark Souls 1 was the first one in the series that I played significantly, so that I'm just kind of bonded to that that one game. But man, that, it's just always, the multiplayer is just so much fun. Just inviting people in and having people invade, it's just, it's always been a blast. It really does. It feels like the community that is still in that game are the ones who... I mean, it's the new new people as well, but it's also people that have been playing it for so very long, and they just they have this great love for it, and it really comes across often in the people who who do invade me. I just have this this sense of I even got messaged by someone that was so much fun. Um, after he dropped, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, about three times and then killed me. <laughs> but after <laughs> hanging out with me and then he sent me this message and he said, do you want me to help? And I said, sure, that'd be great. And we went off and killed the gargoyles together. He was very surprised I was a woman. I do remember that because we, we were on voice chat, which I'm hardly ever, am not, you know, I hardly ever do voice chats. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it was so much fun. And, you know, I've had people drop me cool stuff and um, just be so wonderful it's it's almost like even the ghosts of the players that you that you encounter it's sort of like it sort of resembles walking amongst people in the world you know you you among you among people and you just you have this the sense of people around you when you're in the w- real world but you don't really communicate with them and i think they did a wonderful job of just creating those ghosts around you that you have a sense of community and a sense of belonging and I'm not alone because I tried playing offline when in the beginning because I was so terrible 
when people did invade me, <laughs> I was so awful. Why I used to go human, I don't know, but I used to pop those humanities. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you why you were human all the time. Why were you getting invaded so much? <laughs> I really didn't know how it worked probably as well because I was, I was really just so new at the game. And then I remember disconnecting and feeling so terribly alone and just was like, yeah, no, I'd rather have those invasions or I'd rather see the signs and the messages and everything. Um, and I think that's the genius of the game. They've just, you know, they've created it just not only in the game, but like you said, out of the game too, there's this amazing community and cottage industry of people doing these wonderful things. I mean, like the guys from Bonfireside Chat, I just, they're just the most amazing people and have brought the community together together as well, which is, it's, it's just such a gift. What, um, obviously Dark Souls 1, you've said that, said this in the podcast so far, but Dark Souls 1 is your favorite game. What's it like playing the other games when you, you know, did you, obviously Dark Souls 2 came out and I'm sure you were pretty excited to get a sequel to that and you went through that, but like playing Bloodborne or Dark Souls 3, is that same kind of magic still there for you? Or is it just Dark Souls 1 that you that think that kind of makes you feel that, that certain kind of magic? Well, Dark Souls 2, I, I don't remember really going human very often and I I kind of felt like I went through the motions with the game and there were some areas like I said to you earlier that were just so entrancing and they were quite exquisitely designed and um, I you know I, I felt like I completed it and I did it and I was like okay I'm done with this game now and I don't even think I played no I didn't even play the DLC and then um, then I went on to Demon Souls and um, fell in love with it I'm you know, I couldn't believe I'd had it sitting on my shelf all this time. And um, I just, it was like going back to the most well-designed draft version of Dark Souls when it was just like everything and it was so great. Um, and then I jumped into Dark Souls 3. I waited for it. I pre-ordered it. I was actually visiting our son when my pre-order um, arrived and I pre-ordered the special, special um release with the figurine and there was some the things statue in it. and everything yeah yes mm-hmm. <laughs> i did and um my friends at work it got delivered to work and they did like a an unboxing ceremony for me of this thing <laughs> <laughs> and sent me pictures and i was down in florida thinking i just want to be there and play but anyway it was we had a great time with us and, and i got back and jumped in and i think that the, the combat and the you know, the whole, the fluidity and the seamless um, combat is just wonderful to play. I really hope that they carry that over into the next game. I just hope they don't change anything of that because I think they did a, an amazing job. Um, and I really love the game. But yes, you're right. You know, going back to Dark Souls, the first game is um, my go-to game. It's just... I think it's it's the place that I like the most to be. Although I am co oping with um, two friends, as I said, you know, they just said, "Oh, you've got to just you've got to play the DLC. The DLC is so good." <laughs> so I am, I, yeah, I will be playing the game through with my two friends. And man, the invasions on Dark Souls Three, the minute you co op, is something unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it's it, being uh, playing these games when they're they're at their their kind of highest populations is, is always really, really scary and weird. Um, 
I, I want to get back to Demon Souls for a minute. You said you fell in love with Demon Souls. What was it there? Was it the just the kind of the world and the atmosphere? Like what 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 kind of trick what trick not tricked? It's not the word I was looking for. What kind of clicked for you uh, in Demon Souls? Um, I just thought that the boss fights were just so. There was so much thought. I mean, the one that you do, and I can't remember her name, where you don't even actually fight her, that was just so emotionally draining. I just stood there and I just thought, why are they doing this? And these babies in this pond and this whole world of of, of tragedy and sadness. And it's almost like Shakespearean in its way of, you know, this, this immense tragedy. Um I like the the idea of the portals as well, you know, the worlds that you go to. Um, there's something delightful and charming about the old way that's I even like the way in the um the enemies move as well. <laughs> something sort of deliberate and it's like almost like this dance that they do. So I just really liked and what was the place where you is it the Coast of Storms or the Place of Storms? The uh, Shrine of Storms, I believe. Shrine of Storms. I hung out in that place so much because <laughs> <laughs> I just love those flying creatures and I thought that boss fight was just amazing and um, it felt really much like I'd been to the essence of the first Dark Souls. And I remember when I played, I thought, this is my best souls game i think i love this one the best and then i went back to dark souls and i'm like nope <laughs> this is my favorite <laughs> but, was there um, uh was there any mechanical difficulty kind of going backwards because demon souls is a little rougher around the edges than even dark souls one is and substantially rougher around the edges than the, mo- the, the more modern games like bloodborne and dark souls 3 oh i thought that was just me <laughs> no it was it did feel very different now that i think about it i thought there was just that um i thought there was just me not responding well to the game yeah i did struggle a little bit um because i mean i even remember dying right in the beginning you know when you're on the wall and you're just trying to get through that castle and thinking i'm dying a lot i know how this game works why am i dying so much <laughs> so yes um it did it did feel very different and that that darn dragon on that bridge. Oh my goodness. Oh that was... man, I know. That's <laughs> so miserable. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. And, and, oh, and, and there was the one boss fight where, um, it's actually you playing against another person that I only figured out about five minutes into our fight because this person just kept healing and healing. And then they, they drew, can you, can you talk, can you remind me which boss fight that was? Where it's, it's the, uh, the old monk fight. It's the, uh, thank you. It, yeah, yes. It's the, it's the last fight in uh world three in uh, Latria. In Latria. Yeah. I, and I only realized cause this person actually did this gesture. Um, and I was, I just thought, how can it possibly be that there could be this gesture that this, this person is doing? And then it, it dawned on me that I was playing against another player and um, I don't know how this person possibly had that many heals and they were just healing and healing and I just would just get them down and then I'd go back into it and I thought, this fight is going to go on forever. And then um, afterwards, after I beat the person, they sent me a message and they said, that was so much fun. I'm sorry, I just had like limitless heals and hey, would you like <laughs> me to co-op with you sometime? Because that was really fun and, you know, and I was just... 
what a nice community on the PlayStation 3 as well. Wow. Very, you know. It sounds really, like you're making really Dark Souls friends wherever you go. Like, no matter what game you're playing, <laughs> you're just making all of these crazy cool Souls friends. That's awesome. I know. I was in I was in a, a supermarket sometime last year, and I had a Soleil t-shirt on, and this woman just came up to me and said, praise the sun. And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, yes, it really does. And I wouldn't have found out about the retro um the retro game um, video game expo here in in Portland. If I hadn't have heard on Bonfireside chat and heard the guys talking, Gary and Cole talking about it, I was like, "What? We have a retro video game show here in Portland? That's so cool!" <laughs> and I went and got to got to meet them very briefly. I was very shy though. I think I probably completely muddled my words and got um got Gary to sign his book and disappeared. But um. Such lovely guys too. They're 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 big old sweethearts. They really are. Oh man, yeah. I, st- I remember I stood in front of Cole, and I'm super short, and you know, there's this handsome guy in front of me, and I just I don't know what he even said to him, and I just said, "Oh, you've come a long way or something to visit us here in Portland." And he looked at me, and I was like, "No, I don't stalk you. I just know that you don't live here." I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he looked at me as though I was that, you know, and he just he just laughed, and he just said, "Oh, well, we'll see you in the show." They they're just so amazing and they they you know, I I even listen often to their um I listen to reruns of their podcast when I can't sleep at night because they're just like so nice and they're just such a familiar voice and it's just so great to hear reruns of their their podcasts and you know I never get tired of listening to their thoughts and yeah they're just great people they they, they really are I can't I mean just some of the nicest, two of the nicest guys I've ever met in my entire life. So they're just, I mean, they're just really, really good guys. And I, I mean, I've said this publicly to them and they, they don't really like it when I say this. I think they're kind of shy about it, but like, they're the reasons, they're the reason I do this stuff today. Like I would have never been brave enough to buy a microphone and put myself out there on the internet if they hadn't invited me on Bonfireside chat way back when. So. Oh yeah. Your podcasts are fabulous though. I've had so much fun listening and, you know, I, I just get so enthused and I hear people talking about the games and, you know, your your guests are just so knowledgeable as well. I learn new things and they just, they're just wonderful people. So, yeah, thank you so much for doing this. It's wonderful. You're doing they're, a great thing for our community. <laughs> they're definitely not all wonderful people. Like specifically looking at, you know, the Brian Wades of the world. They're, they're not all wonderful people. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Me and Brian are good friends, so I like to I like to make sure that he's you know doesn't get doesn't get any errors. In other words, well, you, you mentioned at the at the start of the podcast that you were just now getting into Bloodborne. Tell me tell me about Bloodborne, which is uh, probably everybody's like either favorite or second favorite game. Are you are you enjoying it? Oh, Bloodborne is a sad story. Okay. Yeah, so um, this is actually a console my husband and my son gave me for Christmas, or was for my birthday, and they said, okay, now you can, you finally can get to play Bloodborne, and there's some other games that I've been wanting to play on the PS4. And I fired up Bloodborne, and I was just completely lost without my shield, and I was just, I am so terrible at this game. Um, I probably got about four hours into it, and um, I I didn't die very much, but I was just so overwhelmed by the combat and everything was so fast. And I'm sort of a, a bait with a bow and then sort of get in and, you know, fight enemies afterwards after baiting them out. I love my bow as well. And there was just none of that. And 
silver bullets are really hard to come by and I just struggled so much. And I got to a certain area, some of the first area where there's this guy beating on a gate. It's right in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I know and exactly the I guy snapped, you're talking about. <laughs> I snapped past him and the, got the crows dead on the left-hand side and I went up some stairs and blow me down if that blinking guy in that damn gate didn't hear me <laughs> and killed me and I was so grumpy. I was just like, I'm never going to be able to do this and I put the game down. And then about a week ago, I met up with the first guy who left my work and who got me into Dark Souls and he said to me, you've got to get back into the game. Teresa said, you, you just, you're just going to, ha- you will, you'll love it. Just, just go back, please. So I said, okay, I'll try again. So last week, or just, yeah, a couple of days ago, I fired it up again and I never found my souls. I don't really know where they went because they weren't lying in a puddle. So I'm still going to learn about the game because I, I know nothing about Bloodborne. And um, I'm not Father Gascione and dying a lot, but I think I'm a little <laughs> low level. I'm only lo- level 14, I think. Maybe that's a bit mm-hmm, too low. Mm-hmm. But um, my goodness, he is quite something. <laughs> He he is at that. Um, just just real quick, just your uh, your bloodstain probably got picked up by an enemy, uh, which is something that B- Bloodborne does, which is really really fun. So if you if you see any suspicious oh. characters with purple eyes, go 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 after those guys directly. So oh my god, oh I never <laughs> knew that. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's a it's a really it's a really fun mechanic when you are going back for your souls and you're like I'm just gonna go and grab my souls and they run out and then you realize. Oh, that dog went surrounded by five of those, you know, weird villager people have them. So, so I can't, I have to very carefully do this. Okay. Well, I lost those then apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, it's a tough, it seems very much like to me anyway, a very tough game, but I'm determined to go back and persevere and give it another go. And just based on Sean's enthusiasm with it, um, and and listening to you know your guests as well and hearing you too, you all just seem so enraptured with it and it sounds wonderful and I want to know the story now and I don't really know anything about Lovecraft you know so um, it would be a, it would be a good learning experience put it that way <laughs> and I'm up for it so yes I will be going back. Well, well, uh, well, well keep me informed like don't uh, don't hesitate to send me an email and let me know how you're doing in Bloodborne I'd be very curious what your how it goes, what your progress is, but uh, I, I, I want to talk about Dark Souls three a little bit too because um, it being such a huge fan of of Dark Souls one and Dark Souls three tying back into so much and into, into so many different ways of Dark Souls one. What what did you think of Dark Souls three overall? Well, I thought the callbacks. You know, I'm I'm such um, a sentiment. I'm so sentimental about these things that. Of course, when I didn't have anything spoiled for me, which I was very fortunate, I sort of went dark on Dark Souls 3. When I first saw Andre, I was like, oh, it's Andre. I love Andre. He's like this god. <laughs> and so um, I was just, I was so happy to see him. And I thought that calling it Firelink Shrine was a little bit of a stretch. But, you know, um, what do I know about <laughs> designing and, and um, you know, doing stories for games. Um, I also thought that Sigwood's, at first when I saw him, I was just like, oh, okay, they, they're doing a callback. This is great. But I have to say it was a complete surprise when he showed up at Jorm the Giants. And then I was just like, oh, 
this is great. <laughs> what a wonderful way to, you know, to, to end this. And um, so I, I enjoyed that very much. Um, I do remember finding uh, Dusk of Ulysses outfit. Where was that? In the swamp somewhere, I seem to remember. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, just mentally dropping to my knees and thinking, oh, you know, this is dusk, this is so cool. So there were little moments, and I think in the catacombs as well, there is, is it Quelag? You find something of hers you find, as well? Um, like you find the sister, uh, the, the, the fair lady. Or, um, yes, that's yeah, right. Find, kind of her corpse or, or what have you that's been sitting there for no telling how many thousands of years now. I know, and I was just like, oh, my gosh. So, yes, I'm a big sucker for those callbacks. I, at the, you know... I, I understand how some, you know, some people can be a little frustrated, or it can can be a little bit too much. But for I'm sort of the person they were playing to, probably. <laughs> so I just, I, I really, yeah, I didn't really mind them that that much at all. I, I enjoyed those callbacks, and I thought they, um, they were sort of a, a homage back to Dark Souls One in a way that they were trying to be respectful. But um, I, 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 I totally understand with other people, you know, if they can say, hey, that was just a little bit overdone. So, but for me, it was, it was fine. I'm sort of, I'm, I'm a very um, relaxed gamer, you know. I'll just basically whatever from throw my way, except apparently Bloodborne. We have to <laughs> Which is just take it, It's just taking you a little while longer than than it, the other games. Yeah, I know, that's all yes, it is. I was, I was a little skeleton that did give up there, actually, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm determined I'll go back. <laughs> but yeah, I just I thought that Dark Souls Three was it 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 felt like a good a good fit, and I'm very interested to see the DLC and and play you know play that through with my friends. Um, I know that the the Ring City was one that my one friend Ryan actually in particular said. Man, it's just so good. <laughs> Said you just got to experience that. You got to play it. So, I don't know why I don't really do much DLC. I did Autorius of the Abyss, um, and uh, that was that was really that whole land of Ulysses was just lovely to go into. I thought they did a wonderful job. I thought that DLC was fabulous. <clears throat> I'm fighting my way through the that DLC right now. I'm, I'm at Artorius at Soul Level One, and it's not going very well. <laughs> he's very, he's very tough. <laughs> he is tough, but it's a beautiful boss fight. I thought that you know, um, and and I most of my playthroughs that I do, all my first playthroughs, I don't I don't tend to summon anybody. Well, in the first one, I didn't even know I could, and I just sort of happened upon these signs. Um, but I generally only summon NPCs if I can on my first playthrough. And then I'm terribly shy. I'm a shy online player as well. I'm just so worried about looking sort of incompetent or something. Or these people think, what on earth, woman, are you doing? <laughs> so <laughs> I tend to shy away from that a little bit. But I've got a lot better about it now that I've learned how awesome the community is and just hearing your guests and you, know, you just hear these these lovely people and you just think these are the people that I'm actually sharing this this online experience with and this is just so amazing it's uh you're not the only person to, to worry about that I think to worry about like you know I, I don't want to appear incompetent I, I know, I've known several people that 
talk about uh, their hesitance to summon because they don't want to waste somebody's time by dying to the boss. And I'm like, and I have to, I, I always try to tell them like, that's literally the reason that people put their signs down is to help people beat bosses. Like I've been there and like, it, it never hurts me to go back through but four or five times with the same person summoning me over and over again. If they're just like, and I'll even send them a message like, we're getting close. Don't worry about it. Come on, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Like, you know, so ne- ne- never, never feel bad that you're going to appear inco- incompetent. If someone has their sign down, it's because they, they want to help you. And if they're, and if they're a jerk to you, they're, they, they don't even deserve to hang out with you in the first place because screw those guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've been very lucky. I've only really had one bad experience on the on the xbox um you know so i i really i've cut myself very lucky considering i've been playing this game since what like 20 2011 2012 i think it was mm-hmm. so um <clears throat> yeah for the most part i think it's just I, I i actually don't play any online games i you know so i think it's probably because i shy away from those <clears throat> excuse me that i tend not to to summon people but when I meet people like you and I just like I said you know hear of people who are in the community and how awesome and friendly and they really want the best and they're just doing it for the love of the game so um and I'm I'm, I'm a little bit getting a little bit better <laughs> <laughs> well uh, I'm curious uh like I don't, I don't know how tied you are into like gaming in general. Like I don't know if you if you watch E three conferences and things like that. But um, what From hasn't really announced what they're going to be doing next, and we're getting pretty close to E three. And there's so many Bloodborne two rumors out there that I that I kind of hope aren't true. But what would you where would you kind of want to see out of From next? Like what what's your dream From software game? I you know. Basically, I think whatever from software do, I will be very happy to just jump right in and probably pre-order it without even thinking. And even if it's a Bloodborne 2, I know that I will get it because I'm just such a fan (laughs) of whatever they bring out. (laughs) And that will be a real good motivator to finish the game, right? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) If you you pre-order Bloodborne 2, you have to finish Bloodborne 1 at that point. I know. There you go. And I'm determined to do it. But um, I think that they just do such an amazing job with all the games that they that they have made um, so far. That, that I honestly, I think one of your other one of your other guests mentioned that if they if they carry over that combat, similar to Dark Souls Three, you know, I I'm all over it. Just just keep that theme going because it's a thing of beauty, and um. Pretty much whatever they bring out. I mean, I just, I do, I'm such a Dark Souls one. I just love that game so much that they could give me anything in that sort of genre or type fantasy world. Um, but whatever they bring out, I know I'll just buy it. Because <laughs> that's who I am. <laughs> so, yes, um, bring it on, basically. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for guesting on this podcast. When uh, you emailed me and we we started talking back and forth, I, I knew I had to get you on. I could tell that you were a, a really interesting and extraordinary person, and that, that has definitely held true. This has been an absolute blast. So thank you very, very much for spending time with me today. I, I very much appreciate it. Well, thank you, Jeremy. It's been lovely to spend time with you too, and, and thanks to everyone um, for your awesomeness. Yeah. You're gonna have to um you're gonna have to get on Twitter so that all of our, our Twitter community can hang out with you because I think they would absolutely <laughs> adore you. Like all they do is talk about Dark Souls and every, every once in a while like weird relationships with Dark Souls characters. But don't don't even worry about that. It's mostly just Dark Souls and Bloodborne. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I certainly will. Um it's yeah, gosh, what what lovely people are out there. We just we're just so lucky to have this community. It's just a privilege, really. 
Where can uh, where can people find you right now on the internet if they choose to? I'm not on the internet very much. Um, I do. I started this little scribble blog that um, some time back, and I don't often post, but it's just basically. I think about gaming and my little life experience of gaming. So I do these terrible scribbles and I just scan them and I put them on the internet. And it's called um, Scribbles Me Down Life While Gaming. It's really goofy though. <laughs> so <clears throat> I've got that little blog spot up. Um, I've got a, let me think, I've got a Spotify playlist called Dark, Sile, Dark Souls Lullabies, but it's not so much lullabies, but anyway. <laughs> um, and <clears throat> I'm on I'm on the Xbox, um, so if anybody wants to friend me on the Xbox, they can as well. Um, my name is Mary Petal, and um, I, I'd love to hang out with you. I don't play very much online, but it's just great to have friends in the community, so that'd be awesome. Excellent. And I'll link all of that in the show notes so people can go and click on those and, and check all of those out. And, uh, and once again, just want to say thank you very much for guesting on the show. Thank you, Jeremy. It's been so fun. I was so nervous, but this has been very much fun. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, this has been a real, a real delight. As always, I, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. You can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. You can find this podcast at don'tgiveupskeleton.com, which also has links to all of the social media that the site lives on, including the Instagram page, which has short video clips containing uh, just kind of a preview of every week's episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening. It's such a delight doing this show to people out there that really, really seem to love Dark Souls and love talking about it. Um, if you have a couple of minutes, an iTunes review goes a long way to helping spread the word of the show. And uh, But more importantly, maybe tell your friends. But really, you don't have to do anything but listen, and I'll appreciate it. So thank you to everybody out there doing that. And remember, don't give up, Skeleton. Okay, we're good. Thank you. <laughs> you were you were you were perfect. That was an absolutely great podcast. I won't even have to probably edit anything out of it. Like it was just it was just absolutely great. You did wonderfully. You're natural yeah. at this. Thank you so much. It's just you're so awesome. And honestly I just I love all of your your podcasts. I, I just hang on to every moment of them and um just you, you're doing such a great thing to reaching out to people, you know, like me and other people that I've heard who just 